The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So I wanted to um, start this morning with a couple of reflections. Um, A lot of this time together we'll be sharing, um, but I'd like to set some of the guidelines for the sharing and also um, point to how the sharing itself is, is, it's both an offering, it's a gift to the community, and it is, can be a teaching for ourselves. So um, often I think people um, in, in sharing about what's happening in their hearts and minds, um, there's a lot of um, context and content that comes along with what's going on personally. And some of the challenge with sharing can be that we are um, not so inclined perhaps or maybe more inclined, it can go two ways, to share that context. Um, and yet, you know, given the number of people and the amount of time we have, it can be helpful to explore what does it mean to share kind of just the, the core of the experience. And so, and how is the practice connected to that experience. Um, So for instance, um, if I were, um, so I'll just describe something from from this sitting that I just finished. So um, I noticed uh, some tension in my uh, abdomen and um, recognized that it was related to the posture and there was a little bit of a story in the mind about um, a belief that this was not a good thing, that there was a, something, you know, I needed another prop. <laughs> and so there was, a, there was some, a story in there. But then I recognized that story, and um, the mind could relax below the story and just be with the discomfort in the body. Um, so that's, you know, that's not telling you about the story so much. It's just, it's, it's being a little more succinct about what was actually noticed and not all of the content about all of the thoughts that went through the mind around the story. So a couple of things about that. It, 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 encourages, it encourages the mind, it encourages us to be more, uh, interested in the process around what's happening rather than the content or the, the narrative that our mind says about what's happening. To describe it in that way encourages us to connect to our experience in a new way. It encourages us to connect to our experience through process rather than content. So that itself is a bit of a teaching and it can take some time to, uh, to shift or adjust to that uh, different perspective on experience. Many of you have been in this um, field before, and so some of you have a little more practice in this than others. But what I found for myself as I began to learn, and I learned this, um, initially I learned this from my Burmese teacher, Saida Upandita, who had very strict rules about how to describe your experience. And uh, if I said anything about the contents of my thoughts, he would like get up and start wandering around the room and stop paying attention to me. So it was, <laughs> it was a very clear feedback. 
And he would say, don't report the content of your thoughts. <laughs> so so I, I learned pretty quickly to stick to just experience. But what I discovered in that, you know, at first it's like, well, how do I report this, you know? But what I discovered is... Um, that it was, it, it pointed me back to my own experience in a way that allowed me to become my own teacher. I began to recognize, it was like as I reported to my teacher in this way, I could, I, I would get some, a, a response from him often as I would report something. He'd say, well, did you notice this? You know, I described something and had flown by it. It's like, uh, um, or, or did you? Were you really aware of of how your body was with that? And I was like, no, I hadn't noticed that part. And so, as I discovered describing my own experience to myself, there were a little, oh, I didn't actually really notice that part. And so that began began to be a way that I could learn from my own uh, kind of shift from content to process in describing the the process. I began to be able to recognize what I hadn't been clear about in the experience. And so this is a practice in and of itself, this describing our experience. And so I will encourage this in, in our time here. And um, at times, uh, I, I say this in advance because um, I will uh, possibly, in your describing something, um, uh, indicate to you, you know, something like, see if you can connect to process rather than content. Um, and, and yet, at, in this context, it can often be a little bit helpful to get just a touch of content. So, for instance, if you're describing something that happened um, during the day, um, it can be helpful to, to, set the, to set the scene a little bit. Like I was at work having a conversation with my boss and the conversation got really charged. I noticed I got frustrated and angry. So as opposed to what you got frustrated and angry about, just noticing what you noticed about your own experience and then describing how you were with that or how you weren't with that. You know, I, I noticed that I just kept getting more and more angry and it wasn't until, I, until the conversation ended and I went back to my office that I recognized and I became aware again and I noticed all of the feelings in my body. So, uh, so you, you don't actually have to describe the content. Um, there's, there's quite a bit that, that can be learned from describing the process rather than content. So that's an encouragement in terms of this, uh, this style here. Um, and then one other piece, um, this um, in the guided meditation uh, that I offered uh, at one point, I kind of encapsulated the Suggestions in three words, relax, receive, allow. And that uh, can be a useful um, fallback for us in uh, when mindfulness returns in daily life. If you can just remember those words as mindfulness re- returns in daily life, relax, receive, allow, um, that's a that's a useful uh, can be a useful 
It's almost like a mantra, but mantras you don't necessarily have to know, understand the meaning. And here, this is a, it is about understanding the meaning of those words. And perhaps as you... I find words have a lot of power, and so if you can remember to drop those words in as mindfulness returns, relax. Just as I do this now, just be present, and I'll just, you know, just notice what happens as I drop these words in. Relax. Receive. Allow. And so sometimes words can incline us in a direction towards. It's it's like we're connecting with intention there. Intention being our theme for this week. So it's like we're connecting to the intention towards relaxation, receptive awareness, and allowing what's here, allowing the whole of our human experience. And so um, I'd like to hear first a little bit from each of you. Let's go around relatively briefly from each of you. So I'd like to hear, um, just so I can understand the, uh, you know, what you're working with this week. Um, It helps me to... uh, Kind of know, you know, are you are you exploring working with light switches or doors or, um, you know, what's your chore, <laughs> you know, that you're you're exploring, and also it can help you if you haven't uh, decided yet. Just to remind you, this is a part of our practice this week, and so, um, so a, a couple words from each of you about what your what your um, task is, the thing that happens a lot through the day, what your chore is, the thing that's a little bit longer. And then um, we'll save the piece about intention for a discussion after we've gone around. And so let's take the mics again. Uh, I'm going to take notes about what you're, um, what you're practicing with. And I'm also going to turn off the recorder during this part. Uh, it, what I, what my process has become during these retreats in terms of recording is that for your uh, it seems that people are more willing to share in this context if the recording is not happening (laughs) and so uh, I'll turn it off when you're sharing but there may be sometimes in response to something that somebody shares it like creates a little dharma bomb in my mind and I'll want to give a little, like, um, you know, five-minute Dharma talk. And then I'll turn the recorder on again to record, to record that. So, uh, so for now, I'll turn this off. So just a comment about the difference between um, a passive task, such as, you know, you mentioned um, the arising of some kind of a experience in the body, um, that happens not as your choice to do it, but as something kind of just happening to notice. Uh, so sometimes people have said they want to like set a, a timer on their iPhone and you know, it will ring four times an hour or something as their task. And that, again, is not something you're choosing to wake up to. It's something coming from the outside that, um, that may uh, wake you up. Um, the uh, the point of having, or part of the point of having an active uh, task, something that you're actively doing, like a walking through a doorway or flipping the switch, is because there's there's an easier connection to the aspect of intention, of consciously doing 
the task. Um, you know, that, that we can begin to see. And the part of it is that we do begin to recognize that we're going to do something before we do it. And we can begin to see the, the, um, um, the motivation involved connecting with that. So the, the, the encouragement to pick something that you are taking the initiative to do has a, has a purpose. Um, if you also want to do something like setting the bell on your phone, that's fine. But it is useful to have an active task. Um, your passive, passive task of noticing a particular a pattern of um, experience in the body. There's also intention there, and the curiosity about that can lead you to see it kind of coming into being. So it's not completely without intention, and yet it's a much subtler kind of intention. So um, you may begin to see that as, as we go through the week. So um, some of you who've done this before, and I'll I'll actually just point this out um, for those of you who haven't done this before, will notice probably that um, uh, chores, tasks that you've picked earlier, as you said, won't let you go. Um, And that's one of the great things about this is as soon as you enter into a retreat, I've, you know, some people that have done this and have picked, you know, um, light switches, doorways, uh, washing hands, you know, various things, find suddenly as you start the retreat, those things are there. It's kind of like, it's kind of like the, the conditions for remembering in those areas comes back. And so they don't let you go. In fact, they, they, this is one of the benefits of, of picking something you do actively, um, that that begins to be a mindfulness bell for you. Um, and so it kind of wakes you up as you do it over the course of the week. So you might start to find that, um, you know, turning on light switches becomes, if, you, if you're not particularly mindful, and then suddenly you're turning on a white light switch, it's like, boom, awareness is there. And so that's kind of what's happening, is that previous retreats have conditioned that mindfulness to return in those areas. Um, and so I'm glad you're picking another one to add on to it. Um, yeah, so uh, some of you who've done this before may start to notice the old tasks that you've picked are kind of saying hello. 